and welcome back to Peaceful Home Birth. Birth is a magical time in a woman's life. There is so much beauty and mystery, and oftentimes it spurs women on to get involved in birth work. That happened to my guest, Gabby Otto. She herself had a premature baby in the hospital with her first due to preeclampsia and was told that she'd have it with every baby she had. And she said, no way. She decided to learn about home birth and that's just where it all began. This story is inspiring and amazing. You don't have to align and agree with a doctor's diagnosis. Listen into this story. I know you're going to be encouraged. Before we get into the show, I do want to invite you to our monthly Village Women's Circle. Whether you're currently pregnant, want to be pregnant, or newly postpartum, this is for you. Find your tribe, learn about topics relating to pregnancy, birth, and postpartum, and feel empowered as you hear stories of other women who have had peaceful home births. So join our private Facebook group and click on the link in the show notes. Make sure you RSVP. It is happening February 23rd at 2 p.m. Central Time. So join us for this month's Village Woman Circle, and I cannot wait to see you in there. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Peaceful Home Birth Podcast, where your journey to a joyful and empowered birth experience begins. I'm your host, Allie McLean, a registered nurse, home birth coach, devoted wife, and proud mother to four incredible kiddos. I've walked the path from trauma to triumph, and I'm here to guide you every step of the way. At the Peaceful Home Birth Podcast, we're more than just a show. We're a community of dreamers, believers, and fearless mothers-to-be. If you're seeking to reclaim your birth story, to transform fear into confidence, and to embrace the beauty of home birth, you found your tribe. My own transformative journey began with a traumatic C-section, propelling me on a quest to uncover the power of home birth. And now I'm on a mission to help you rise above your past, prevent needless C-sections, and stand firmly in the certainty of your dream birth. As a devoted follower of Jesus, I believe that His divine design for birth is inherently good. It is a reflection of His love, strength, and grace. If the dream of home birth has been planted on your heart, know that it's there for a purpose. And I'm here to stand with you as you pursue it wholeheartedly. In a world filled with racing thoughts and doubts, I'm your guide to taking those thoughts captive, making them obedient to Christ and replacing them with the liberating truth. Together, we'll navigate the challenges that lie ahead, finding not only freedom, but also unbridled joy on your path to motherhood. This podcast is a haven for the woman who has faced the darkness of a traumatic birth and has questioned whether home birth is within her reach. Here we shatter those doubts. Join us for illuminating interviews with remarkable birth workers who share our reverence for the sanctity and splendor of birth. Listen to inspiring women as they recount their triumphant birth stories, each a testament to the strength that resides within you. So whether you're just starting to explore the world of home birth or you're already on this radiant journey, the Peaceful Home Birth Podcast is your sanctuary, your wellspring of knowledge, and your unwavering support system. Get ready to be inspired, to be empowered, and to embark on a path that leads you to the birth you've always dreamed of. It's time to experience the Holy Spirit's power, to embrace the beauty of birth, and to create a legacy of love and strength. Are you ready to transform your birth experience? Let's dive in. 
Hi, Gabby. Thanks for coming on the show. I'm so excited to talk with you today. I Hi. just this conversation is going to be so helpful for many women out there, especially women who feel like they have no options. So uh, I'm excited to get into our conversation. But before we do, would you just um, let my audience know who you are and um, let us get get to know you a little bit? Yeah, so uh, my name is Gabby Otto. I'm in Peru, Nebraska. Um, I've been serving as a doula for about a year now, and I just kind of came into the birth working world um, pretty recently, and I started working, attending home births um, just within this last month, and I'm just really excited to see where it takes me and build a community of like-minded people around Nebraska and hopefully connect with other people so that everyone can have the birth that they're hoping for. Yeah, I love that. Would you give us a little background? Why do you want to attend home births? Did you have a home birth yourself? What did that look like? I did. I had my first home birth in July and um, I had my first, well, my daughter in uh, December of 2021 and I was through the birthing center in Omaha. And after that, I just kind of realized that um, well, she was a premature baby, so I had like a NICU stay and like everything. So I didn't get that birth center experience. But working with the midwives there, I just realized how hands off it was and that you really don't need to be going to a hospital for every single appointment. And I really didn't need like unless I was high risk, I personally did not feel the need to go get all these scans done every few weeks and all this blood work done. So that kind of led me into looking into home birth and what that level of care would be. And so when I got pregnant with my son, I was with the midwives again. And I just, it was too hands on for me and just not enough of letting me kind of do my own thing. Like I was 20 weeks and they were talking about getting um, a C-section or induction and we had little information. I was like, this is not where I want to go. So it took me probably another month or so to find someone willing to attend my home birth. But when I saw her, she had, it was like the very last opening for my due date. My other friend was actually due a week um, or two or three weeks after me. And so she introduced us, but it was just like super, very, God had his hands over it because she had the one opening left. I booked with her that same week and everything went beautifully. Um, and so that's kind of what pushed me into looking more into helping other women find resources to be able to have birds at home. Yeah, I love that. It can feel like, especially in our state, that we have absolutely no options. But I love how you said, like, God really does have his hand over over our births. Like, if he has put the desire to home birth in your heart, I 100% believe, and I've seen over and over again, how he provides exactly what you need. And it might not look the mm -hmm. same for everybody, but it's amazing how he does provide for the dream that he has put on your heart. So I love hearing that. Would you, oh, I'm curious why they suggested or why they even started talking about a C-section at 20 weeks. And then I would love to hear your birth story as well. Yeah. Um, so with my daughter, I had um, preeclampsia, early onset, I started showing signs at 28 weeks, I believe. And then once I reached 32 weeks, they had me induce. Um, it was a few days of induction. And I, so I think that kind of just put fear into them that 
they were worried for me. Although I was showing no signs of preeclampsia at the time with my son, they were just treating me as a high risk um, patient already. And so they, but they also at the same time weren't willing to do the extra labs that I felt would help us prevent it because I could see with my daughter that my levels were slowly rising. And once they would not do anything though, until they reached X, like whatever they were looking for. I was like, well, if we could just back up and start working on it back here, maybe we would never reach that level of needing to be induced again. And so they were just kind of slowly working me up to like, well, preeclampsia is going to set in sooner this time. Like you had it onset at like 28, 29 weeks last time. We're looking at like 26 weeks or 24. So then we actually started looking at out of state options. I was planning on delivering in Texas if needed because they have um, 22 weeks viability. And so thankfully that we never got to that, but, um, so that was a a conversation for a while, but so, yeah, I think they were just trying to slowly prepare me for as many interventions and just getting the baby out as soon as possible. And so I ended up finding my home birth midwife at 26 weeks and she, without me even having to say anything, she started doing exactly what I wanted to do was like do urine samples every few weeks start doing my blood pressure. I started doing that at home every few days and my levels did start rising again, but she, because she had seen like a slow progression, we were able to completely stop it. And by 36 weeks, I had no more signs of preeclampsia and I was able to go full term, no induction or anything. Praise the Lord. Okay. That is so encouraging to hear because one, I just, uh, it frustrates me so much when People are speaking such like death over, over your pregnancy and over your birth before there's even a problem. And it happens so often. It was, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You, you say this is going to happen. And then for some reason it, it seems to spiral out of control. So I Mm -hmm. love that you were like, no, there's going to be a different way and I'm going to make different decisions here. Um, Would you go into that a little bit more of like, was there things that you were taking or how was it that you were able to stop that or even reverse that during your pregnancy? Okay, and now it's time to share one of my sponsors with you. After my first birth, which ended in a traumatic C-section, I started researching literally everything, including things that go in and on me and my family's body. I started getting rid of everything, first starting with cleaning products and then over-the-counter meds, but makeup has been the hardest thing for me to replace. It seems as all the natural makeup is in powder form, and with the type of covers that I like, it just was not cutting it. That's when I found Araza Beauty's all-in-one coconut cream foundation. This foundation actually improves my skin while providing sun protection and, of course, even coverage. With a dewy finish, almost like a BB cream, it's perfect for everyday wear. Plus, it's packed with ingredients like jojoba oil, probiotics, antioxidants, and zinc oxide, which provides SPF 28 coverage. 
I also love that Araza Beauty is a woman-owned and dedicated to giving back to victims of domestic violence. I feel great about supporting this company, which makes it super luxurious makeup even more satisfying. Now, I recommend with starting with the foundation. Uh, see what I did there, foundation? <laughs> you won't regret it. Just to make it easier for you, Araza is giving my listeners a special discount of 15% off. So go to arazabeauty.com and use the code EMPOWEREDBIRTH at checkout. Yeah, Um. so my midwife had me on a few different things depending on how like my urine looked for the week or my blood pressure. Um, she, the main thing is just like stress and keeping your heart really well regulated. So she had me take like a lemon balm tea whenever I encountered stress, like a stressful day. I would do that in the evening. Um, we did dandelion leaf tea, specifically the leaf. She said not to use root at all. And so I did, took that every day, depending if it rose at all. I had to do like three cups a day, I think it was. Um, and I just stuck with one cup and that it, like within an hour of drinking it, my blood pressure would come back down. It was incredible. Um, at one point, my blood pressure was high enough that she was like starting to get uncomfortable, but didn't risk me out. And so she started me drinking raw celery juice. It was disgusting, but it really did help after a week it, that came back down and I didn't have any more issues after that. Um, anything else? Celtic or Celtic salt. She had me take. And then um, just a low process. I had no more processed foods. I did. It was like kind of like a brewer's diet, but not as rigid. And so I did a lot of proteins, fruits, vegetables, no processed food at all. And especially towards the end. And I think that really is like a combination. I don't think it was one thing. I think it was everything that she suggested and like sticking to it. Yeah, I think we underestimate one stress and what that can do to your body. And I think yeah. so that's kind of where this whole, oh my goodness, you've had a history of preeclampsia. This is going to happen again. What do you think that does mm -hmm. to a body? It stresses you out, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I think we, yeah. we very much, um, yeah, just disregard how much that actually matters. And I love how you were provided with information that you could run with and then monitor your own body. How were you feeling during that? Yeah. You know? And that's really, really neat to be able to take that into yeah. your hands. I love that. So would you go into your birth story? Like wherever you want to start, I would love to hear that. Sure. Um. So my birth story actually started like a few days before I was having a home birth. Like I knew that and our water went out. So that like at our house. So I was actually living in a hotel for like the week leading up. I was 40 weeks and had to leave home. Um, and so I was like, it's okay. Like God's got this. We'll find a way to have your home birth still. So my friend that was due three weeks after me opened her home to have my baby there. And my midwife also said that I could have a baby there. And she's like, but also the, ho the hotel is also a fine place to have a baby. I was kind of freaked out by that <laughs> just because I didn't know who was staying on either side of us. Um, but I started showing signs of labor like the day that we had our water turned back on and they let us stay another night at the hotel. And that was like the most, that was really nice because I knew we could go home. It wasn't stressful. I went home and then literally within four hours of getting home, I went into labor. And so it was just 
again, not a coincidence at all. It was just how it meant to be. Um, so then we had a dinner party that night, went through that. I was fine, came home, slept for about three hours and about 1 a.m. is when things started picking up. So I just watched a movie, tried to tidy, like keep myself busy, called the midwife around 7, 6 or 7 a.m., and then my same friend that was due a little bit after me, she's my birth photographer. So she came over and it was just the most amazing birth. Um, I was so peaceful. Like my midwife, my photographer and my husband were all praying over me and we had like worship music going. It was like, it was very peaceful and calm. I didn't feel as like stressed out as my other previous birth because I really felt like with my daughter's birth in December that I was on a clock like everyone was waiting for me they were just waiting to do a c-section they brought it up a few times because they're like well you're 32 weeks you might not progress fast enough so we got to keep our options open and I just didn't feel the urgency it was just really like I said peaceful um, up until the end so I knew something was wrong when I started pushing fur kicked in and I could just tell that things weren't going the way they should go and my midwife had me hop out of the birthing tub, go to the bed. Um, and it was a few hours of pushing, which was very different. With my daughter, I had her out in mere minutes. And with my son, it, he was just, it was a very, like, three hours of pushing. It ended in a shoulder dystocia. And so she, my midwife, about, it was like the five-minute mark, I believe she said, she had to actually go in and use a maneuver to, like, pop his shoulder out and bring him down. He was his apgar if you know like it was one was very very low he wasn't breathing um i remember just looking around my um my photographer she had like stopped taking photos for a few minutes like like during that time and my midwife was like praying like trying to resuscitate him my birth photographer and my husband were both looking at each other and just praying and speaking over me and the baby and she handed him to me and in that moment i was I just felt relief all of a sudden. Like I was crying over him. We sat down. I we all prayed over him, and he just started like shrill, like little tiny shrills, and we all broke down crying. I was bawling. I was like, "He's gonna be okay. He's gonna be okay." And I, she, my midwife asked me later, like, knowing all this, would well, you have a home birth again? As like a hundred and ten percent, because I know for a fact that if I was in a hospital, it would have been they would not have waited that long. They wouldn't have waited the full five minutes or four and a half minutes. To, they probably would have jumped in with an episiotomy or a C-section or something else without letting me try. And then also just knowing the maneuvers of how to get them out. So I was very relieved and I felt like it was the right decision for us to have been at home. That was just God was speaking over my entire pregnancy and he really pushed me to have a home birth. And I believe it was because of that, that he knew that was going to happen. Yeah, of course. I mean, he, of course, knew and he was so present during that. And um, I think a, another thing that I thought of was if you were at the hospital and that happened, they would have immediately clamped the cord and brought him away and put him in a warmer. You know, the resuscitation part, I think it is everybody's worst nightmare that something like that happens, right? But it's amazing how babies were designed to withstand 
something that an adult or even a, a child wouldn't be able to handle. But babies were built with this mechanism to be able to withstand that and to remember. Yeah. And I just love the support you were getting and like the prayer. I don't think we should ever discount the power of prayer. I've seen it over and over again at home births that miracles happen. And so I, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, how was your postpartum experience? Um, it was like phenomenally different. So I started seeing a chiropractor shortly after we went take two days postpartum. And he even made remarks of like, he's never of how well I looked after two days. And um, that I had to take Luca, my son to the chiropractor because his he was just kind of all over the place with the shoulder dystocia. He had a lot of pain. Um, and he just wasn't nursing correctly because of that. And within I think it was like a week, week and a half of seeing him, he had completely resolved all the issues. And I just felt like I did not have the postpartum fog really. And it was really bad with my first, um, the night sweats were in, like completely gone. I felt like I didn't have any postpartum like mood disorders or anything this time around. Um, and it was just easier overall. Like I was more joyful and just having them at home. It just felt like another day. Like it was just super easy. Like we got tucked into bed. I was able to rest and not be bothered every two hours. And I was able to get good nutrition where I feel like that was so lacking in the hospital. It was just kind of gross food and not very nutritionally dense. And we had, we were having bone broth and homemade electrolytes and just really meaty, good healing food. That's amazing. That's exactly how postpartum should be. I love to hear that. And I know my heart breaks for so many women because I hear your story and I know we both are like, so many women deserve this, but then they kind mm -hmm. of cut themselves short because they have the dream and the desire to home birth. And then mm -hmm. in the natural, it looks like there's no options, whether that's because you live in a very unfriendly state. Maybe it's because you're so rural that um, you're like, well, I, I need to be close to a hospital or I need to be close to help. Um, there's so many reasons women give themselves not to pursue home birth. And I talk to women all the time um, that say, I would love to, but. And yeah. so I would love to hear from you on if somebody is struggling with this, if somebody is, you know, knows that this is a dream on their heart, but in that, mm -hmm. in that natural realm, they just see it as an impossibility. Yeah. Like what, what advice would you give to women who are struggling with that? Um, I would say you just really have to know that this is what you want to do and trust. It's a lot of just trusting. Uh, the biggest thing for me was surrender. Like that, if I could wrap up in one word, it's surrender and just give it all to God. And he knows the desires of your heart. Um, I had, I mean, the closest hospital from us is I think 27 miles, 25 or 27 miles. So there is no plan B here. <laughs> like there's nothing like it was going to take them at least 15 minutes to get here. And I did have a lot of people question me on that. And um, just knowing what are you going to do at home? And I think as much research as you can do, as I just kind of spiraled into 
well, how do I take care of this at home? Or how do I take care of like hemorrhaging or this before the ambulance shows up? And at the end of the day, you just have to surrender everything to God and just know that it's okay. Not take a lot of outside advice. If that like be very quiet about it, just for your own peace. Um, and just finding someone that you trust. If you don't have that trust in your midwife and your birth team, I feel like it's a lot harder to be able to fully just love your home birth and be able to just um, be okay with surrendering to the process and just knowing that you, know, you are taken care of, you're okay, and it'll all work out. Usually, you should. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Even right. if it's scary, like it's still, yeah. Yes, I, I think that's so good. And I know one thing that has helped me is when you identify, like you're saying, what you actually want, and then you make a decision, it's amazing what our brains can do when we actually decide to say, this is yeah. my plan. It's like our whole brain opens up and starts seeing connections and starts mm -hmm. matching like, oh, there is somebody who will attend your birth. Um, you just start yeah. seeing things. And I don't know. It's amazing to me how that happens. But I think a lot of women stop themselves even before they get to that decision point like they won't yeah decide, this is what we're going to do because of some fear holding them back so what was that for you like did you want to have a home birth with your first one was that ever on your radar with your first um, or did that happen after not really I mean we had talked about it for maybe like five minutes and I was like this is not for me this is not something I want to do birth is so unknown um I, there was a lot of fear surrounding it and I just knew that the hospital is where you go to have babies. Like, that's just what you do, you know? Um, and I was actually under the care of an OB with my daughter for the first, like, 20 or 30 weeks. And it was just such a negative experience. It was, like, it was one that my friend had recommended. And so I'd gone there. I'd never, you know, I'd never been pregnant before. I didn't know what to expect. And the, it was insane. Like, they told me without even having the clear cut facts. They're like, your daughter has something wrong with them. You need to abort. And like we, she tried to set up an appointment with the next state over. Like it was insane. And that's when I decided that there has to be like a better way than this. Like there has to be somebody who is going to like not suggest such absurd things based off of one test result that came back inconclusive. So that's when I started looking into midwifery. And I was like, there's a whole world just opened up for me. And I fell in love with the birth center at Emanuel in Omaha because they were like, had what I was looking for. They're the only place at the time that you could birth in a tub, but they'd allow you to do that. And that was really important to me. And then just after everything with my daughter, I was like, there, again, there has to be a better way. There has to be somebody who's going to sit down with me and hear my desires and wants and just do the one-on-one -on -one care and know. And so I think if you had asked me with my first, no, I was not at all <laughs> something I would have considered, but um, I think it just worked out to have a home burden with my second one. Yeah. Were you carrying any of those fears into your second birth? Did you have to work through anything when it came to that? Um, yeah, for sure. I think I was very worried that I would get preeclampsia again because you're statistically at a higher chance of having that happen again. And so I, that was something that I had to really work through and trust and be like, okay, this midwife who I'm seeing, she knows 
what to do. And I really interviewed her. I gave her a hard time about it. Like, what are you going to do? What, what's your procedure for this? What's this look like? And she was very gentle and just, she's like, I understand. This is what I'm going to do. Ask me any questions that you need to know. And so that really helped me trust her is just knowing she had such patience and grace with me. Yeah, that is really important. And I think that's such a good point is we all bring fears into mm-hmm. right? that's something yeah. that you can't totally get away from fear. But when you yeah. have people that you trust in your life that you can talk them out with, it mm-hmm. really just lessens the power that the fear holds, yeah. holds over you. So that's I'm so glad um, you had her in your life because, I mean, look where you came from. Once you were able to work through those fears, you could make other decisions that actually helped your body do what Mm -hmm. it was trying to do. How is that? I just love that. So I know one of the biggest holdbacks too is, well, it's nice you found a midwife, but I can't, like, I would love to home birth, but I can't Mm -hmm. find a midwife. There's nobody there to support me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, you hear this so often, not just in our yeah. state, but maybe even in other states who they're just far away. There's nobody around them that can serve them. So in that case, if they still have a desire to home birth, what are their options? What can people do? Um, I think wording, how you word things has a lot to do with it. So I personally have experienced some people saying like, oh, I can't find like a midwife who's willing to attend. And there, you're right. There's not a lot of midwives, especially in our state that are willing to attend that will call themselves outright a midwife just because of the wording. Um, And so I've encouraged people a lot to look at other alternatives like a birth keeper or an experienced doula and just knowing like a doula won't help you like attend your birth in a sense of like a midwife where they're going to do everything and be really hands-on as in like, okay, this position now, like I'll deliver your baby for you. Like they're not going to do that, but they can be such a guiding hand and really help, you know, they know how to look out for emergencies. They know resuscitation. Um, A good doula will be able to be a really vital key to that. Um, If you're more open to the idea of free birthing, that's kind of where the doula would come in. There's also, um, my midwife just started this. She virtually attends births and that's been something really neat. So she's able to serve other women in other states now. Um, And so just knowing that you have options if you know how to find them and know, like in our state too, I think you have to have more connections. Like no one's just going to outright tell you, oh, I attend births. And so just joining like natural parenting groups or home birth groups. I've on Facebook, there's so many birthing groups, home birth groups for each state. I've found one for almost every state and just getting connected into that, being willing to put your information out so that someone could reach out to you who's comfortable attending your birth. I think that's a really great place to start. That is so helpful. And I 100% agree. And this just goes back to you know, when you actually make a decision, this is what I want. This is what I've been dreaming of. You're going to find a way to have exactly who you need there with you. And maybe Mm -hmm. that's nobody. And I think it's always a good thing to remember. Birth is not a medical event. Therefore, you don't need medical personnel 
there. Yeah. Now, again, this goes back to discovering like what dream has God put on your heart? I fully believe he's going to lead you exactly to who needs to be there, if anybody. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's nobody. So it's really kind of surrendering that to the Lord, like you were saying, and um, letting mm-hmm. him lead you and guide you into every single decision that needs to be made. Um, and really, like you experience, there's peace. There's peace and health yeah. and wholeness that comes when you do it that way. So I love yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Well, is there any advice or any final words that you can leave with um, my audience that would be encouraging to them um, if they're wanting a home birth, but feel like there's no way? Um, I would just say to really pray about it and know that this is what you want and just find a few people if you can that have had experience in it and really lean on them and for understanding and gleaning for information from them. And overall, just know that, like you were saying, fears are no- completely normal. And that doesn't make you a bad candidate for home birth. It's just having fears completely natural, but having the courage to overstep that and just gaining as much knowledge as you can. Um, home birth on your own terms is an amazing resource and can really help you feel empowered in your own birth. And so I just recommend that to anybody who's having questions or just wants to know more about home birth. Yeah, so good. Where can people connect with you and learn more about you and just get to know you more? Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Azriel Doula Works. And my website is AzrielDoulaWorks.com. Perfect. I will put that in the show notes. Go connect with Gabby. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and your wisdom with us. I so appreciate it. Thank you. I hope you loved today's episode and found it so helpful and encouraging. If you did, would you take 30 seconds to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or send this episode to a friend who has been praying for a peaceful home birth? Lastly, make sure you get my free download of my complete home birth essentials checklist. Make sure you have everything ready to go so you're able to feel at peace and confidence leading into your home birth. This printable checklist has all of the important but less glamorous or thought of items that I have found to be so incredibly helpful to have at a home birth after working with many clients in person. Now get it by clicking the link in the show notes. And as always, thanks for listening and peace be with you.